1: Hello, welcome to the New European Podcast. My name is Richard Poirot and I'm joined by Steve Anglesey. Hello, snowflakes. How are you, Steve? Well, I'm excited,
2: appalled. I don't know. Okay. I don't know how to feel. We don't know anything, do we? we well,
1: we know everything and nothing. Uh, well, that's half true, isn't it? We, we know nothing. <laughs> well, well, we'll get to that. A little bit later, I'm going to be talking to Mia about um, a couple of issues that have um, so, so, you know, spiked my interest this week. Good, okay. We're going to be talking about the the march, which I'm sure a lot of you will be going on on Saturday, and we'll also be talking about trade deals. That's exciting. It is, and after that, you...
2: It's like the Phantom Menace, that was mostly about trade deals, wasn't it?
1: No, it wasn't the Phantom Menace, it was the one after. Was it? Yeah, it was like two and a half hours... of of the Clones? Two and a half hours of intergalactic council meeting, (laughs) and weirdly, my son who is nine and has always been a big Star Wars fan. Yes. That is his favourite one. Attack of the, of the Clones. Of the whole lot. The one where it's just a council meet. Don't we be. should take him down the parish on a parish council. Marvellous. On, um, on, a, on a Tuesday, he'd love it. Great. Excellent. Uh, yeah, it's an odd choice. I don't think anyone else would say that's their favourite film, but there you go, it's an odd child. Uh, you, Steve, will then crown a Brexit hero of the Week. I will, and there are many candidates this week, as you could imagine. Well, that's all very exciting, Steve. So, a lot of people as you know, come to um, the New European Podcast for their breaking and latest news. Yes. So if you could just fill us in on exactly what's happening. Uh,
2: (laughs) Well, depending on when you're listening to this, we could have left the EU, we could have asked the EU for another extension, the
1: DUP could be happy, the DUP could be sad. The DUP are never going to be happy. It matters not. It could all be
2: going to court. It could not be going to court. We could be having a second referendum. We couldn't be having a second referendum and the chances of it, you know, might have gone. But we'll talk about that again in a minute. I have just, we're recording this at a time when I've just seen two tweets within, I would say, about 30 seconds of one another. One saying that Boris Johnson is on course for his deal to pass in the House of Commons on Saturday by 12 votes. Right. and then another one saying it's going to lose by 16 votes. So, it's, so we're clear. Uh, so we're absolutely clear. So it's all very clear. We can say for certain that there's going to be a very big march on Saturday. There is. It looks almost certain that Parliament is going to be sitting at the same time and considering this deal. Oh, it definitely will be. Yeah. Um, and we can say um, for certain that a deal that is done on Thursday morning should not really get past a, a, a body of scrutiny, never mind the, the 27 EU member countries, and never mind the EU Parliament and all of that, but it shouldn't get through our Parliament by Saturday when nobody has really had a chance to read it yet.
1: Well it's a strange thing this, isn't it, because I, um, I, I, I don't think I've really ever mentioned this on the pub, but for for a short time, about six years ago... This is sounding like readers' wives now, isn't it? Or, or, is it? Oh. <laughs>
2: I don't think I've ever Reader's mentioned wives. it. I don't think I've ever mentioned this before. <laughs> I, am a, Fill I am you in on something—an amazing thing which has never happened to me before. Is it going to one of these?
1: Re- Readers' wives? Isn't that the sort of magazine that you would find in a bush? Well, I think it probably is. Yeah, um, the bush library. Yeah. Well, I uh, no—it's nothing to do with pornography. Um, my little confession. Excellent. But I did work only in a very small way on a piece of legislation. Did you? Yeah, I'm not going to go into it, but I'll I'll tell you that. And it was way back. That, do you know who prime minister was at the time? David Cameron. Oh, I remember him? Yeah, I remember him. Um, long before there was, um, well, long before the 2015 election, in fact. And it was a piece of legislation that was about um, about how the British judicial system treats victims. Basically. Okay. And um, I had an area of expertise within that. Not that I'd been a victim, but I've been doing some work on a certain area, and myself and a few others were asked to contribute to it, and uh, Number 10 loved it, everyone got behind it, it had cross-party support. Uh, So the support was, you know, seemed to be widespread. The legislation began, we were getting there, Mm. and then it just stopped. And this is very, this is often what happens in, in, in Parliament, things get stuck, things take years and years to pass. Because day-to-day politics can get in the way, yes. And uh, but <laughs> on something very minor, it could go through much quickly, like Brexit, for example. Yeah, exactly. It could just <laughs> it could just get through. Fine. And um, I mean,
2: it's clearly is going to be massively scrutinised by the members of the ERG, one of whom was was quoted on Thursday morning saying, "I would vote for a pig in a poke yes, to get this yes, done." Yes. yes. I mean, you know. I, I, a pig in a poke doesn't sound that good to me, Okey does it? Okie dokey, pig in a pokey. Yeah. That. What is a pig in a poke? I a mean, I know what it is. It's a thing yes. that passes without being inspected, isn't it?
1: Yes. Um, but I think a po- I, I, it's a poke. Oh, like a, a, whole. a poke
2: is a bag. Ah. Oh. So I presume that in the olden days, you you know, you're... you're I've, I've you put a pig in a bag? Different times. It's not okay to put a pig in a bag anymore. Well, it's not, no. Um, what, do, do you know what a, um, pigs were sold in bags and they went is that really a pig in there and they went yeah don't pig you in trust pop. me pig it's in oinking
1: do, do, do you know the phrase
2: it's just sleeping they said
1: do you know the phrase couldn't stop a pig in a guinea
2: uh, yes also donors couldn't stop a pig in an entry in Manchester, mm-hmm. uh, Manchester yes
1: uh, that's, that's, that's and and, and listener, that's, that's for, for the bandy-legged person, that's isn't right? it? If you if or you the have bow-legged. a but if you have a a gate which is bored, um, then yes, a, or a stance which is bored, then you can't stop a pig in a guillot. Yeah. Uh, which is a great phrase. I think. Do you know the difference between a snicket and a ginnel No, I don't. Well, a snicky has uh, has bushes or, or woodland on. At least one side, preferably both. Right. Whereas a ginnel is um, has houses yes. or walls on both sides. Yes. Because c- it couldn't stop a pig in a snicket. Well, that won't make sense because pigs are pigs are they wily creatures. they would be out through that slippery or whatever. They? You know. Whereas there's no no way of them getting like out. Like the
2: erg themselves. Indeed. G- Ginnels, known in Sheffield as generals, by the way. Is that right? That is true. Oh, that's Incredible. Interesting one one county divided by a single language there it's welcome a, welcome
1: to the uh etymology. dialect of the north <laughs> yes. podcast it's like <laughs> it's like jack listening to jack hargreaves isn't it this <laughs> Very good. Like, We've I both got
2: new haircuts, by the way, Well we're I, saying that we don't know anything.
1: Well, I've got to give a, um, a sort of speech this evening. So I quite like having long, messy hair. Yes. Um, outside of work. When I come to work, I try and make, it, make myself look reasonably presentable. Um, but, uh, but outside of work, I quite like having it a bit messy. Yes. So I like having it long, but I thought I'd better smart. You that. look very but smart. Thank and you, I, you too.
2: I, when they do my hair... You go to a very posh. They, you know, I just go that there's there's but there's a certain there's a bit of combing and pompadouring that goes on. You know when they just over it looks good, doesn't it? And then they overstyle it on the way out. <laughs> yeah. And I always just, just leave, leave, leave the them. hairdressers looking like Swiss Tony. I feel, <laughs> and then it takes it takes a few hours of settling before it it gets back to its natural. Before it gets back to its flock of seagulls. Exactly. Uh, yeah. yeah. But all of this is 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 designed to to know the fact uh, to, to, to demonstrate that we don't really know anything. Yeah, do this we? is why we're just talking nonsense because um, we can't really, there'd be no point in us trying to update you on what's happening would, now. I because, mean, it, uh, th- this getting through Parliament in three days when we, nobody knows what it is, is ludicrous, but we live in ludicrous times, don't we?
1: we? We do, we absolutely do. I mean, I think there's a view, I've got reporters now ringing around loads and loads of MPs trying to, trying to find out if they will vote for the deal, and I dare say that a lot of them... Like you say, we'll, we'll vote for any deal at this stage. Yes, um, because they feel the pressure to to get Brexit done. As yeah, yeah. Uh, Number ten and Boris have been refraining for some time now. Of course, I mean, there's all sorts of fascinating arithmetic,
2: but I, you know, it's probably not the place to do it because by the time we finish doing this,
1: something else might have happened. I think the, the worrying lack of scrutiny that this is going to get it, it, is yes, it, it pr- proves that the whole. Um, process has been done incorrectly, we shouldn't have put a, uh, you know, we shouldn't have triggered Article 50, we shouldn't have put a time limit on something that is fiendishly difficult to do. We should have said we are leaving the EU when the time is right to leave the EU. In the intervening period, three, four, five years, we are going to discuss with the EU how this is going to happen. Yes. Uh, do you agree yes completely
2: it seems uh, the whole thing has been completely botched which you know i, I must say it's given our cause um, some uh, some room to dream hasn't it some, some some there's been some hope in there what i'm interested in is you know if well it's hard to say it's the, that it's the worst case scenario but but just imagine that we are it's sunday morning now and oh, boris johnson
1: wait a yeah I'm in my dressing gown. Oh, yeah, OK. I'm imagining it. I'm yeah, like yeah, to, I'm yeah. I do it properly if we remember. And, you're,
2: and you've, you've come down the stairs and... Um, with oh, your I don't have any stairs. Oh, OK. So I've, I've come out of my bedroom. OK, you've come out of your bedroom, you've popped on Sophie Ridge and, you know, you're in the in the <laughs> Sophie Ridge and Marr zone and they're all talking about Boris Johnson's incredible triumph and he's managed to get this deal through. There's no second referendum attached. what does what does that mean for is, is, is all
1: then lost? What a desperate moment that would be for even for remainers frankly um, uh, even for leavers. It'd be a desperate moment for remainers. Well, well but I mean it'd be a desperate moment for everyone is what I'm trying to get at. Yes. It'd be a desperate moment for leavers because um, you know, well I don't know a lot of them would be keen on an ordeal which would then definitely rear its heads. Hey, Steve. Hey. I want to talk to you about Harry's. Harry's? Yeah, Harry's. Y- you know, the, the shaving company. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They've sent me some to try out. Yes, you were talking about this the other day. Yeah, they, so they've sent, me, uh, they've sent me a package. Let me tell you a it's bit about it. It's not much Harry's. good to me because I've got a full beard. Yeah, well, 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 well I you... did too. Yes. Uh, but I did try it out. Yes, I um, can see. And we'll get to that. I'll do a, I'll do a little product review. Um, But let me tell you about Harry's story first, because Jeff and Andy set it up. They're two ordinary guys, right, just like me and you. Anyway, they're probably cleverer. Um, And they were fed up with overpriced razors. more successful. Well, they are now. Um, So they started Harry's to fix shaving, and frankly, they have. They knew there was only one way to ensure quality. So do you know what they did? Well, I I think you're going to tell me. I am. They bought their own factory. Okay. They take less profit, which means that Harry's offers great quality products for a very fair price, and the price of mine was very fair because they sent me a trial pack, and we'll get to that as well. Um, let me let's open it and have a look. Here it is. Okay, All right, there we go. That is. A, I can confirm that's so a trial. There it is. Yep, yeah, yep, yeah, got it. What's in there? This that's I- you. That's your your My razor. Your razor. Yeah, yeah. Used once. It's got a weighted ergonomic handle. <laughs> it's very sexy. There are five precision engineered blades with a lubricating strip and a trimmer blade. Right. And then I'll tell you what, I really like. I'm going to go. Right, see. You see this? Oh! That's the shaving foam that's going everywhere. <laughs> you've, you've got it everywhere. You're like
2: a Premier League that's referee. <laughs> but it smells good. I mean, just.
1: I don't. I'm not going to smell up. your hand. I believe you. Oh dear me! And you also get a, a travel blade cover. Um, so, like, some my trousers. Um, it's best to do this at home in the bathroom, frankly, rather than in the podcast studio. I think oh, it's what, I find it is it what gets. we've learned. <laughs> so, listen, Harry's very kindly um, are offering you our listeners a very uh, a very good offer, and you can get one of these trial packs as well. So, you can claim your Harry's trial set for just three ninety five. Support our podcast, get your trial set delivered to you, including that razor handle, five-blade cartridge, foaming shaving gel that is everywhere, and travel blade cover. I would like to say it was completely my fault that the shaving foam went everywhere rather than Harry's. Harry's. Um, Log on to harrys.com forward slash European right now. That is harrys.com forward slash European. And I can can tell you that when I shaved, one of the reasons I grew a beard was because it hurts a bloody much. This was a proper. You grew a bit because you wanted it to look more trendy. <laughs> proper, like somebody from Hoxton, you said. <laughs> this is a proper smooth shave. It's it's really good. I honestly endorse it fully. Log on now, harrys.com forward slash European. Jeremy
2: Corbyn is saying that the people must have a final say on the deal. Hmm.
1: Well, well, let's get to that.
2: Well, yeah, but the only, it, I guess the o- the only way, if this did come to pass and Boris Johnson did try on Super Saturday uh, there's, a, there's a great letter in the new European print edition by the way this week saying please don't call this Super Saturday I remember Super Saturday has been a really great day when our you know, British Olympic team won loads of gold medals
1: and it was one of the happiest days of my life That was it, a great day, do you it remember was a, It was a fantastic day, yes I, I, was, um, I was watching that, I was a very keen runner at the time, big fan of Mo Farah and I, it had a, I was a bit squiffy Yes, and I was like, "This is the most incredible evening of sport I think I've ever seen." So I must admit, I was getting a bit tearful by the end. Me too, but I had, I think, at the time, I think I was in the house alone, apart from my children, who were asleep upstairs. And I was like, "I need to share this with someone." So I actually went upstairs and woke my daughter up. Oh, this is good! And brought her downstairs and said, "Watch this!" And she was like, "Daddy, I'm very sleepy." That's the end of the story. That's good, isn't yeah. it? She'll probably remember the rest of the Were you ever woken up to be told news? There was the time when Mumou said, The house is on fire. Not true,
2: That's Not, not true. true. I was woken up um I was woken up as a child to be told that Elvis was dead. Oh. And um I sort of went, Well, so what, you know? I was how old was I? I was about <laughs> so nine at the time. <laughs> so What have you woken me up for? <laughs> and uh and i remember this uh, i remember this going through my mind when another celebrity death was was announced in fact it was announced i had i was working on the, the daily mirror um at the time and i had i'd gone home and uh I'd, I'd completed a sort of one and a half hour commute home and then i found out about this celebrity death and sort of went do i need to come back to the office and Given that it was all in hand by then, and it was an hour and a half away. Who was the um, celebrity? I didn't. Anyway, and I thought, shall I, shall I wake up my own daughter?
1: Yeah.
2: Um, and I thought, well, remember what happened to me? I, you know, I was quite annoyed at being woken up, but that led me to leave my daughter a note in the morning, which she she treasures to this day, which says, Eve, uh, the money for your school lunch is in your blazer. Can you pick up your brother on the way
1: home? P.S. Michael Jackson is dead. <laughs> <laughs> and do you want to know? Do you want to know something about? Yeah. You, I've never told you about Michael Jackson's story. No, go on. Um, I was the first person to get two sources on Michael Jackson being dead. Two confirmations. Oh yes, you have. That's right. Yeah, uh, yeah. Michael Jackson go. leave or remain? I think just kiddie fiddling. <sighs> You can't say that, can you? Well, uh, he's, a, he's, a disc, he's a disgrace. I don't think anyone should listen to his music. I don't think any no. his music should be played. And I think, the, you know, he, he, was a, he was a very talented uh, he, he's man. Out he your life. He's out of He was also evil. He was bad. He was and, dangerous. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I, I think the fact that people... I don't, we're not really talking about Brexit, are we? Welcome to the Michael Jackson appreciation. No, we're not. We
2: don't really know anything, do we? No, we don't. I'll tell you what is interesting. I mean, what is interesting is a, a. Presuming all of this goes down Boris Johnson's way, what is interesting then is a the prospect of a general election uh,
1: yes, where where this could be overturned. Hey, Steve, guess what? Go on, tell me. Our good friends at Beer Fifty Two have sent us more beer. was <gasps> the <laughs> last time, last time what? I spilt it all over myself. You um, You were very <laughs> excited. I was very excited. Um, but they've sent us more. Yes. Um, so we're going to try some live on air. Yes. Um, t- tell me what you've got there. I have got a bottle of
2: Paradise Blackberry Milkshake IPA. That's what I always order. <laughs> well, I'm not, this I'm, not Blackberry Milkshake <laughs> IPA again. I'm
1: quite keen
2: on uh, trying that one. It says on the back, it says it's a dreamy, creamy, seasonal special. Tart blueberry balances well with a rich body, uh, a soft mouthfeel and a bouquet of New World hops. And coincidentally, that's something that people say of me. <laughs> Rich body, soft mouth feel, and a bouquet of New World hops. So yes,
1: lots of people, I'm sure, say that about you, yes. Steve. But we're not just tasting beer for fun, of course. We've got a great offer for you guys. I am. Well, because my two favourite words have come up again, thanks to Beer 52, which are free and beer. Go to www.beer52.com forward slash new, as in... N E W, and uh, you can just cover the postage four ninety five, and they will send you a crate of beer, free beer, and because it's you, new European listeners, they're going to throw in two free extra beers as well. well this so is, you get ten beers. This is all good news. Do you know how this? I mean,
2: the last lot were great, weren't they? They were but really good. They were really good. They were really good. So, so you know, shall we get stuck in? Or? Yeah,
1: you open your, you open yours and have a try. I'm okay. going to tell you how this beer is sourced because the team at Beer Fifty Two. They travel the globe to find the best and most interesting beer um, from small batch breweries across the earth, um, and there's an abundance of beer in these packs that you would never have imagined, including, of course, the one that you're going to open now. Right, but you're going to have to listen to my like, massive on, eh? keys jangling. It's in a bottle, you see. It's in a bottle, listener. We're not opening, we're opening a door. It's oh, hang on. Oh, there we go. Fair there goes the cap. That was good. Down go the
2: keys. Paradise Blackberry Milkshake IPA.
1: Here we go. Oh, big swig. Is it strong? It's
2: 6%. Oh, Ooh, it is hoppy. Is it? Oh, aftert- it's got a lovely little aftertaste of, uh, of well, it's, it's a blueberry milkshake. It's a very, uh, that's a very pleasant drink. So each month, if you'd like to try something
1: similar, you can have a career of beer 52 beers. Yes. straight to your door. They do themes as well. So they've done uh, German beers, Korean, Norway, Californian beers. I think our set was a Rugby World Cup set actually. So there were lots of interesting yes. We had stuff. a lot of
2: sort of cross-border um, Irish beers, didn't we? Which was uh, obviously very. It, it was um, really good. I'm going to interesting for uh, for those of us interested in
1: Brexit and all of that. I'm going to try California Sun, which is a West Coast Session IPA. Ready? OIPA OIPA. Ready? Right, here we go. Oh, it's good. Oh, it's much lighter than I thought. Yes, go really on. light. I would drink a pint of that right now, and I'll finish that can, I can assure you. Um, so, listen, this is what you got to do. Go to wwwbeer 52com new, get your first case of eight beers for free, uh, and don't forget, sign up in the next two weeks, and you get an extra two unmissable beers for free. That is beer52.com forward slash... New. I've managed to get through that without spilling beer anywhere. You've Fantastic. done well. And it is beer five two, isn't it? The numbers five two. That is correct. Beer five two dot com forward slash new. So Boris Boris gets his deal through Parliament. Let's just see he yes. does, right? Um unamended. Would he then would he call an election next week? Well would 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 Labour then call a vote with no confidence? Are we looking at general election in uh, ne- first, end of November, first week of December? Well,
2: I think it has to, doesn't it have to have to be called by in the first week of November for it to happen by December the twelfth? December is twel- run up to Christmas. December the twelfth yeah. is the last possible day, right, isn't it? Yeah, and then, yeah. and then I think it
1: can't happen until the, the early in February. That's right. That is correct. Yes, because I remember we we had discussions about. Um, about winter elections before didn't we And election's being called immediately after after the christmas recess so what do you think before or after christmas well i think
2: it would be more practical for labor to have it as late as late as possible um but
1: what because they're
2: doomed and no one's going to vote for them well i think yes Partly because of that and partly because I don't think they, they you know, trying to get some of their traditional vote out in very cold and wintry conditions is not necessarily well, great. That, that I is, mean,
1: that, that's, that said...
2: Is know, that a, bit of a, a mid- bit of a
1: misconception now? Because it was always deemed that, you know, that Labour workers were less likely to have cars. I would suggest that that is not the case anymore. Well, it's probably not the case. You know, but old people vote, don't they? Yeah, that's they tend that's,
2: to vote so hard, but That's something it? that we know, yeah. but a lot of Labour voters are old. Older, Well, are old. Are, a, lot, yeah, a lot of voters, are old. Yeah, a lot of voters are old, People, People age. Yes, people do age. It's a phenomenon that I've noted.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and yet still you dress like that. I do,
2: yeah. <laughs> I continue to
1: dress like this. In your, in your Converse and Slaves t-shirt. But uh, that's right. Yes, <laughs> idols, <laughs> idols, idols. I did see quite a
2: few uh, people of a certain age. On, uh, on I went to watch snapped ankles on Tuesday, who were very good, I thought, um, and uh, quite a few people of a certain age wearing idols T-shirts. Yeah, 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 um, yeah. Um, what was what were we saying? We were talking about general election, weren't we? We were. Which is which would be the sort of the last hope for a little while of. A second referendum. I think then, then we would be then we would be talking about the campaign to to re-enter. Yes, to I think
1: it changes completely. Yes, it and, would. At, be. at this stage, uh, Jeremy Corbyn is not going to win a general election. But something very interesting on Thursday.
2: Uh, you saw it as well. Uh, interview with Nigel Farage. Yes, I did. Yeah. On Sky, we'll talk more about Nigel Farage and the Brexit Party in the Brexiteers of the Week. Shock just horror! To, just Spoilers, to wet, just to wet your whistle. <laughs> uh, but Nigel Farage, uh, basically saying this deal, uh, leaves us stuck in Never Never Land. It's the worst of all worlds, uh, and uh, and the Brexit Party are ready to contest a, a general election. And I and I do think that given the amount of No Deal frenzy, WTO wackiness that's been whipped up um, over the last few months you know not least by Boris Johnson and Dominic Cummings yes quite that, that is clearly that, that, that is you know the, the Brexit party could quite easily take 14 15 to 20 percent in that general election mm-hmm. and, and that would really really cut into
1: uh, Boris Johnson well do you so just moving on from that point and I don't disagree I don't think they'll get that many seats but I don't disagree with the sentiment um, no, I don't think they'll get that many seats, but they could get. I, sorry, I mean even percent. I don't think. Okay, I, I, but, but they're at that are now in the polls. You know. Yes, but I think if we do, I think if we do Brexit, there'll be enough people who will go. That'll do for me. Yes, um, but th- do you think all the, this ramping up of the No Deal is, is as much about was as much about forcing the EU um, in, in, into some kind of deal as it was spooking the country into going anything will do, and spooking his own MPs into going, anything will do. Well, I th- there's probably an element of that,
2: but I think I mean, no, I think no deal has completely rescinded, hasn't it? And it didn't just...
1: Yeah, but did... do you think that this deal has been struck because of... Um, well, par- partly because of that no deal thing all, all the time, and I have, no. some, I have some sympathy with this. Take no, no deal off the table and we'll never get a good deal. I can understand that as a negotiating point. My problem with it was always a lot of people's lives we're talking about here. This is not a negotiation over a second-hand car. Yes. Because people say, well, if you were going to buy a car, you wouldn't go, I'm definitely buying that car. Now we've got to talk about price. You would leave... But this is not a second-hand car. So I understand that whole thing. But do you think that Boris has bounced the EU into a deal because of his insistence that no deal is a very real possibility? Well, I don't
2: know. I I, I don't think that. I think that Boris Johnson has had to leave no deal alone because of... um, because of the the, the Ben Act, uh, and because of legal opinion about what you would have to do. Um, that said, you know nobody knows anything, and may, maybe we will be maybe we'll be leaving with no deal. Maybe maybe we'll all be in court by the time you're you're listening to this. But I, but I, no, I don't think that. Um, and um, you know, I think I think we've got to remember that all Boris Johnson has accomplished as we're recording this is to is to get a a deal with the EU, which is slightly different to the deal that Theresa May got, but it's not necessarily... Well, this is basically Theresa
1: May's deal. It's not
2: necessarily more Brexity. Um, I mean, in some ways, until we see line by line what's actually being proposed. Is Boris just better at persuading people than than Theresa May? Uh, He's a much better salesperson than Theresa May was, certainly, yeah. Yeah, 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 he's a much better front person than Theresa May was. But whether he's achieved anything significant um we will we will wait and see
1: one point on labor we were mentioning their chances in the in the general election. my view is that they will lose the general election, and yes. the the soundings now within the party are that that will be the end of uh, mr Corbyn. Uh,
2: yes, and I wonder who <laughs> will um yes and I wonder who will um, who will take over? Well, it, John you know?
1: McDonnell is making John McDonnell is making movements, isn't
2: he? Yeah, but John McDonnell has also said the next leader of the Labour Party should, should be, be a woman. woman. You know, so it's 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 interesting, isn't it, to say the least? You know, I I, I really do. I, I wish that the Labour Party was going into this election without Jeremy Corbyn, and I still think there might be a chance that that <coughs> might happen. Yes, I think there might be. Uh, but, uh, depending but, um, on you know if it, clearly if it's before the end of this year it's not going to happen. Labor if the is election is in February or March, it, it might very well happen. Jeremy might. Corbyn might be persuaded that well, he's, he's fed up, for I the future think, of the he? project. Uh, you know he
1: he needs to step aside. He wants to get back to allotmenting. Allotmenting, yeah. Mm. Dreaming of one nation socialism. Yes. Uh, the, the only way Labour will recover into the force it was, the sensible force it was, is to get rid of momentum. Get rid of that nastiness. That's going to take a lot more than just to change your leader.
2: Yes, it is definitely. Yeah,
1: but uh, but certainly
2: they could pick up. You know, I mean Jeremy Corbyn's popularity ratings are. I mean they're lower than Michael Foote's popularity. Lower rating, than Michael Jackson's. Uh, <laughs> and um, I don't think you know Jeremy Corbyn has not had the. He's not had the unjust going over in the press that Michael Foot had no he's, quite, he's had I agree. quite quite a lot of what has been said about Jeremy Corbyn has that he's been you know I dare he's say been weak weak on anti-semitism to say the
1: very least yes. is, is is true isn't it oh yeah that's just true um, I think so, I've had my views on that pretty clear yeah. in this podcast uh, but no I agree my, Michael thought I had a far more Tory time and I think that's probably because though I mean b- Brexit obviously has sucked a lot of the oxygen from the you know from the more ferocious elements of the media, um, especially the right wing media, so the you know the the, the guns haven 't been trained maybe as as clearly on corbyn I, also i don 't think until two thousand and seventeen anyone in the media thought that Jeremy Corbyn had even the slightest chance of winning an election well that 's uh, true, but then we all thought that when he Ran for leader. Yes, that's so, true. Yes, yeah. he, he has surprised us on a couple of occasions.
2: Well, that's true. And you know, I heard uh, uh, the, the uh, journalist Ash Sarka the other day explaining uh, painstakingly why you know Jeremy Corbyn had overturned a twelve point deficit in the polls last time, and he's only nine points behind now. So surely that means that if we have a general election, he's going to you know he stands every chance of winning it. And and while that kind of theorising exists, you know, maybe there
1: isn't much of a chance of getting him out. Who knows? Who knows, indeed. We don't know anything. We really don't know anything. Uh, but but, but, we, but at least we admit it. Yes, that's right. At least we're honest with you, dear listener. Yes. One more thing about
2: Nigel Farage, before I go away and then I talk, come back to talk about Nigel Farage again, yeah. is that he said, do you, did you hear what he said about if there was a second referendum?
1: Did he say he w- he's considering voting Remain?
2: No, he said I would stay at home and advise all my supporters to do the same. Fine, no. fine with me. What, and what's his reasoning behind that? He said, it, well, he said it'd be a democratic outrage. So, right. So he said he yeah he. Said you see, I think that's pretty said, silly because I actually think if, the, if he, he said was I would stay at home, thing. I would campaign. I would advise everybody not to not to vote.
1: Let's finish the non-news section. Yeah with this, if there is a second referendum and I, I'm starting to, I am honestly st- I, I I think this might it might actually happen, if there is a second referendum and uh, remain, is it, it's remain or Boris Johnson's deal mm-hmm. what do you think wins? Do you know what, I honestly couldn't tell you at this stage I honestly couldn't tell you I think Boris Johnson's deal wins Well, I d- and I think that's why you're dodging the question because you don't want to face up to that fact, I'm I worried the sad about fact it. is that, but but I, I think that I think people think that they, if I think the country, some of the country, it we'll would be close, of course, and some of the, but some of the country thinks for this country to move on and um, and, and, and and heal without wanting to sound like a sort of quack self help book, um, we we can't go back to where we were five years ago.
2: Well, this is very interesting, isn't it? Because when you look at the polls, all of the polls say. If there was a vote now, or, or sorry, the, the, the standard question is, is, which is asked by Google every month, is was Britain right or wrong? And the, it, it has said it's consistently said Britain was wrong to vote out, uh, and it's said that for about two years now. Um, when you ask whether Brexit should be enacted, the, 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 it's no, there's no denying there's a majority of people who say yes. Because we had this vote, it should be enacted, and yeah. it's and it's a, a fairly narrow majority. Yeah. Um, I just think that once the idea of a, if a second the idea of a second referendum, you know, is anathema to some people, once it actually became reality, we were having a second referendum. Then I think minds would concentrate and people would go, "Will I actually be better off?" Under Brexit, I think it's weird. the issue of sovereignty. as important to me yeah, as it was yeah, in yeah. 2016. Yeah. Now I now know I a bit more it. about you know all the all of the red tape, all of the hassle that this is going to cause. The divisions in Ireland. Ireland was barely mentioned in the 2016 oh, God, referendum. Yeah, you know what it's going to mean to when I take my car to Europe. All of these kind of things. So now we know a lot more about it. I think that minds could be concentrated, but it's hypothetical until. This exists,
1: yes, yes, I agree, and I think. Do you know what I, I? I've been thinking that we shouldn't call it a second referendum. You know, we should have thought of this as as Remain, as remain campaigners. Yes, and we should have we should have classified it as a confirmatory vote. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we're. Com- I mean, we should have had one of them written in when when the. Poll- I mean, that's without, without well, even, even, and Jacob even Jacob Rees-Mogg Rees-Mog agrees with Rees-Mog us on suggested this, um, But if we if we could have campaigned for a confirmatory vote rather than second referendum, yes, I think I think just that alone would have made a difference and got more people on side for it. Yes, but hindsight is a wonderful thing. Yeah, and in hindsight. We probably should have recorded this poll a bit later so we knew some news. <laughs> I'm going to be joined by Mia next. Welcome back. I'm joined by Mia. How are you doing?
3: I'm very well, thank you.
1: Um, you we're, we're very excited and we will get to the exciting bit, but we've got to do Liz Trust first. But oh, we're going to okay. chat about the, the, the march, aren't we, on Saturday? Yes, which is going have to be said, a lot of fun. Yeah, well, hopefully. They tend to be. Um, a lot of people said we shouldn't call it Super Saturday.
3: Or oh, what sh- What should we be calling it? Well, you? I don't
1: know. I think if I think there's been some suggestions, Steve mentioned, that Super Saturday makes it sound like a good thing. Whereas really, if it was Super Saturday, it was like in the Olympics, you know, when Mo Farah won and all that kind of thing. And this is a bit of a sort of, we really shouldn't oh, right. have to be so doing this. Really really on a really important Saturday. Saturday. really important Saturday. Doesn't, that's it. It doesn't
3: slide off the tongue quite so <laughs> it well, though. doesn't either. quite, not quite, have to quite as good. we work on that.
1: Um, but first of all, we want to talk about Liz Truss and trade because... If if this Brexit deal does get through, and of course that remains to be seen, very much hangs in the balance still. Liz Truss is our our woman on the front line getting those trade deals, and she's. I mean, I've got every confidence, Mayor of you.
3: Um, well, you know, she's good at opening up pork markets. Um,
1: <laughs> I was there. And, in, uh, I was in the hall for that speech. Extraordinary. You were really. Yeah, yeah, extraordinary. Oh, you
3: witnessed one of my favourite moments of all time, oh, ever, fantastic. of any kind.
1: And even people were open mouthed. You know, like, jaws were dropping, you could hear them. It was an extraordinary, absolutely extraordinary piece of theatre, it was. Anyway, oh, sorry, named I named my it.
3: fancy football team after it, in fact. They're called the Pork Market Openers. <laughs> <laughs> or the Porky Boys, as they get called.
1: Very good. How are they doing in the league? They're kind of mid-table. Mid-table, well, that's typical Liz Truss. <laughs> 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 so how Lizzie's doing? Because we we'll need these trade deals, won't we? So they've been promised, so I just can't wait for them to start rolling in.
3: Yeah, I, I would, I would, I uh, wouldn't hold your breath. What's what's happening basically? <laughs> is, um, you, d- you shock me. <laughs> outside of the outside of the EU, um, who can easily retaliate against these kind of tit for tat um, ma- major tariffs that, that Donald Trump is adding on to pretty much everything at the minute. Um, we're kind of left in the cold, having to kind of just take these tariffs, and they are, you know, they are quite damaging to the UK. So the context for this is she's been talking with, with the Amer- her American counterparts for several sub- for several weeks, but she was grilled on it on I think Tuesday by various trade bodies, including the Scotch Whiskey Association, yeah, who yes, um, yes. who aren't happy about the massive tariffs being put on Scotch and Irish whiskey. No, um,
1: why, well, why would they be, frankly? what, to, what does it? What is it going to mean for them, though? I can say, I I'd probably share their annoyance because it would be white lightning rather than whiskey, wouldn't it, for us?
3: Yeah, no, that means that we're all just uh, we're going to have a much less pleasant time with our <laughs> alcohol, I think. Um, but this doesn't just apply to Irish and Scotch whiskies; it applies to a whole raft of things. In an alarmingly specific list I got here. Go on, um, on, oh, all kinds of cheese, including Stilton, but also lots of kind of those fancy continental cheeses like Parmesan and Pecorino and Emmental. So that's the whole of Europe, kind of just it's a big middle finger up to Europe, really. Yeah. Um jumpers, suits and coats? Pajamas. What? Pajamas?
1: <laughs> yeah. Pajamas? No pajamas post Brexit.
3: Metal tools, axes and knives. Wait a minute.
1: Pajamas. Fruit juice. <laughs> <laughs> no one told me about the threats of pajamas with Brexit. Oh,
3: that's why you voted <laughs>
1: That's why I voted leave. I thought there'd be free pajamas for everyone in the post Brexit world and now you're telling me my pajamas are gonna be subject to tariffs and the well they will be more expensive, presumably.
3: Um, well, basically, it's about it's about the tariffs on products between the US and the, the USA and the UK.
1: So no US um, pajamas. I'm going to have to look elsewhere. <laughs> only homegrown pajamas. So she's. Land.
3: I mean, she's she's just left. She's quite. You know, she can't suddenly talk about all the wonderful deals she's going to get because mm. she's now just basically saying she's gone as far as to say to that uh, com, you know, scrutiny committee she was at that you know she's extremely disappointed with these tariffs, um, all of which have come. Basically, as a re- as a result of the US um, not being happy with a World Trade Organization ruling on Airbus, which got subsidies. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, so yeah. Donald Trump comes back out, does this does this massive kind of tit for tat retaliation, <laughs> and, and you know, our we're pajamas. just this little this little island <laughs> that can't can't wear pajamas anymore.
1: I think um, what, I think the point you make, although we're laughing, it's a very serious one because you know Britain um, is a small island on its own and. Mm-hmm. He's going to be very lonely post-Brexit, and things like Donald Trump stamping his feet and having a, a, a paddy will have a much bigger impact on us now than it w- than it did when we were inside the EU.
3: Well, I think it's a perfect example of the way that that Donald Trump really enjoys doing the kind of magnanimous, you know, support of, of Boris Johnson and his government in in verbal form. But it's it's not going to stop him for a heartbeat when he has somebody like Bob Lightheiser, who's the, who's kind of like a Who's who's his trade person? Um, he's a... Uh, he, whatever the trade version of a hawk is. This this American man basically is testing out the idea that you can basically ramp up tar- tariffs and bully everybody else, even your allies, into yeah. submission. Yeah. Um, because the US has such a big market, you're seeing obviously you're seeing that kind of happen between the US and China at the minute. But like kind of little countries which are not not kind of uh, tethered to anything, as we are not going to be. You know that that's a bit of a problem. And trust, you know, even you know it, it was strange. She she you know, she had to come right out and say this is not going to help the US-UK relationship. She didn't quite say the special relationship. Well, um, not, not, but not very you know. special. Chilly no, no, if you're not wearing pyjamas,
1: <laughs> especially this time of year.
3: So she said the UK has been hit right across the board, um, but this is not going to help. I don't know how much weight it's really going to have when she says that.
1: So do we think that, that I mean... I, 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 I think most of us could have predicted this sort of thing happening, but Liz Truss's uh, her, her outlook on life is very positive. <laughs> Lots of smiles. Except for when
3: things are a disgrace. Yeah,
1: uh, and, uh, but the, you know, the, this kind of thing is going to start coming home to roost, isn't it? And, she, and she, she can't just smile and handshake her way around the world and hope that nice things happen. That is not how any new trade deals are going to work or going to happen.
3: Yeah, I mean, she's been, she's been um, kind of contradicted by um, Julia Gillard as well, the former uh, Prime Minister of, of Australia, yeah. who kind of said, look, you can come over here and do some trade deals. You know, this trust was over there, I think, selling Sipsmith, that non-alcoholic gin, which is probably what we're going to be left with. <laughs> <Yeah>. um, <laughs> all these kind of things have been happening, but Julia Gillard's pointing out, you know, it really matters that you're halfway across the globe. It really matters that, you, you know, it, it, you cannot replace a market on your doorstep with one that far away.
0: No. Um, and also we haven't got point.
3: massive reserves of, of uh, you know, precious minerals and things like this. Um.
1: Well, that paints a, a great picture, Mia. You've cheered us all up there. <laughs> Perhaps, I mean, if we don't laugh at the loss of pyjamas, then we will cry. Um, but let's get to Saturday, because actually there's a serious issue. There is a serious issue around this, and I think it's a really good talking point. In fact, I think it's probably my favourite Brexit talking point of the week, Um Tell us firstly about the march and protest on Saturday. Have you got the details
3: there? Yes, we have. It starts at 12 noon. Um, We're all meeting, all of us, the whole of Remain, (laughs) are meeting outside the Hilton Hotel on Park Lane at 12 noon. It's 12 till 4. There's a route. We've got all the details you need are online. If you Google it with sensible terms, you'll probably get our piece. Please go to that. Um, Our team will be there with merchandise as well, so you can get your goodie bags and your copy of the New European, which has a poster... A really rude poster, actually. Is it? Um, well, it's the front cover. Yeah. Of, uh, <laughs> I think, I think that's... Yeah, the standard of debate down.
1: Mia is offended by me. her own newspaper front. <laughs> it's not a but snowflake, it gets the it's across. finest, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> but you've offended yourself. <laughs> Christopher. Um,
3: and if you are living somewhere across the country, there's also over 170 coaches coming from all over the country, so you can... I don't know, I think you can, you can look up on the People's Vote site. There's a link to that from us too. Is Get it yourself to be the on biggest, coach. Sorry,
1: is it said to be the biggest one yet, do you think? Um,
3: I, f- I actually haven't seen that said, but to be honest with you, I'd be surprised if it weren't.
1: Yes, yes, me too.
3: Um, and if you had take pictures of all your great posters, please, at The New European on Twitter, and we'll we'll see that and enjoy it, and maybe... Uh, put it together because we will have we will be doing a live blog as well.
1: Great stuff, and I imagine there'll be some kind of coverage online and in print next week as well.
3: Oh no, I don't think we'll buy No, that. I
1: just forget about it. Yeah, pack up. Uh, well, well, protests, marches, that sort of thing, um, uh, have been really well attended during this whole thing on the Remain side, and also have been um, in, in the absolutely correct spirit, haven't they? They've, there's not been any any sort of nasty scenes or anything like that. I think as a as a as a group of people who believe in something we should be very proud of the fact that um, we've, you know, we've, we've made our point um, ve- very strongly and vociferously without having to chuck any bricks, um, <laughs> which, is, you know, which is a good thing and please let's hope that continues uh, on Saturday, I'm sure it will, I have no fears in fact. Um, but are we d- is this just another in a long line of marches that actually have made no difference?
3: Well, I think an interesting debate has come up, and I noticed this in the last sort of two or three weeks. And I thought it was a really interesting point raised by um, raised by a group who did the, who did last weekend's march called Rally for Our Rights. Um, there was a bit, to be honest, there was a bit of a of a, uh, a, a, a an argument online about it. And I, but I think it raised some really good issues. And basically, they t- they made a tweet saying, "If you're going to come to our rally." Um, they said, we feel very strongly that the time for dressing up in blue, etc., has passed. If yeah. we want to be taken seriously, we must look like the thing MPs fear the most, the electorate. So we would love everyone coming to dress seriously to be taken seriously.
1: This is a fascinating point. It's a really fascinating point, And I haven't... I'm, I'm sort of... I'm drawn both ways because I think that is a, that is a, uh, that is a sensible and... Fair point to make. Um, you know, yeah. when during the poll tax riots, I'm not saying we should have a riot <laughs> but during the poll tax riots. No one was in fancy dress. This is a serious issue, and um, and it, it needs to be taken seriously. On the other hand, marches and protests can be a lot of fun, and I think the fact that they've been so good natured um, is something we should be proud of. So, if someone wants to dress up as a I don't know, penguin or whatever, then
3: Oh, that Broccoli Man. He got yeah, himself on Sky man. News. Just on, <laughs> that was so uh, a great did, way to get the message across. He crossed. got himself
1: all over the media. So, I don't know. What do you think?
3: Well, this is the thing. I, I, I'm inclined to really pay attention to this rally to our, for our rights idea. Um, I mean, there's the, for starters, you know, the, 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 there, are, there are people who, who have a really, really high visual impact in their protesting, who I really love and who've actually sort of Honestly, powered me through these really depressing times. Yeah. Um, people like Madelena Kay, who yeah. who herself actually did tweet, she was really unhappy with this message. Yeah. Um, so she's the the EU supergirl who wears these fantastic costumes. Um, she's very showy. She's always there. She provides great pictures. Um, I mean, you can't
1: like you can't question the um, the effort that she yeah, and no. lots of others have put in every single march. She's yeah. been right at the front. I mean. Yeah
3: and 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 same with Steve Bray or someone like this mm. i mean i can't tell you the number of times i've um I've been really miserable at work but just cheered up because there's someone like Steve Bray just being like kind of a professional irritant yeah. and making me laugh <laughs> and and he's there and he's standing in for everybody who's sitting at their desks feeling miserable about this and wishing that they could just go and yell stop, stop Brexit
0: yeah, all yeah. the time.
3: Yeah, quite. Um, so they have a really important role um, and, and these aren't by no means the only people I'm talking about you know it's just there's a huge air of carnivalism. To an awful lot of successful protests that we've had, and I also want to add that you know, protests and carnival have a very, very um, you know important co-history. Um, you know, some of the some of the most serious you know you made the point about the poll tax, right? But at the same time, some of the most serious political movements um, on behalf of kind of oppressed minorities have have um, been expressed through the medium of carnival. Yes. You, know, you just have yeah. to think of um, of Notting Hill or. Um, um, I've gone blank pride pride, exactly, which you know um, and that's because these these kind of movements make alternative thinking possible, thinking that perhaps had been considered by the establishment not to be possible. And for that reason they open things up. Um,
1: I think you're absolutely right and I think I, I, I also think that it's now really the time for us to start squabbling amongst ourselves yeah, i know
3: i know this is this is also makes my heart sink at any time there's a inter- internal debate in remain um but that's just i mean the thing i'm kind of thinking is that i, I think there is just something so powerful in what rally for our rights said about mps fearing the electorate the most um and that's something we have to own we are now the mainstream it's not um it's not it's not been that easy it's not hard to tell it's not hard to it's not easy to tell from the way it's portrayed in in the right-wing media and so on or yeah. even in anywhere in government but you know we, we we know about those polls which you know pretty much every poll for the last two years has come out for remain one way or another yeah um, and it's time to sort of say well look we're, we're not the fringe anymore we really are we really are the, the cutting edge and we're you know the mainstream and we, looking mainstream you know I'm my background is in contemporary art. I was a curator, so I'm, I'm, I'm into all kinds of mad stuff, you know. But some people kind of aren't. And if you are a Remainer who who perhaps isn't quite as involved, but, you know, we, we, need, your, we need you there at the protest, you might feel more encouraged to go there if you feel like it's kind of... Um, if you feel like it represents, you know, a broader set of the population.
1: Yeah, but I'm, I'm always dubious about... Um Telling people telling other people what to wear. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I, know, I know that's I the thing. It's a little bit, I'm, an element um, of that yeah. as well. I, think I totally I totally get that. Also, um, just because you dress up as Wonder Woman or Supergirl or a bear or a penguin or a hot dog or a whatever, you still get a vote.
3: Yeah, no, <laughs> I mean, I mean so the, <laughs> the, your convictions are probably yeah entirely serious, so it doesn't well, we, mean it's not serious. but is one thing that Madeline K said, and she's right.
1: Yeah, and and actually, she's done a great deal. Her and others, we we're we're using her as a as a as an example to prove the point. I think have done a great deal to um, get you know coverage for the Remain movement, and um, you know pictures in newspapers. It, well, if 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 they're fun and they're colourful, do tend to get in yeah, and get and also, a bit more coverage, you know, we, we know. look
3: out for stunts at the new european you know that's the yeah, kind of thing yeah, yeah. that's great to cover
1: yeah absolutely um
3: i think it's i think it's one of those things i don't think anybody should should kind of um go against their heart's content here i don't i don't have a but you know if you are inclined to also just go along in your jeans i'd say you know oh, what yeah, there's absolutely. enormous value to that yeah yeah
1: lots um, of i mean the vast vast majority of marches are not dressed up are they the, yeah. You know, the, the well, I've
3: got my I've got my big bollocks to Brexit towel, which I walk around in <laughs> okay, with clothes as well. I have yes. to
1: say. <laughs> Just goes on top. Uh, I shall be there in my pajamas. <laughs> <laughs> my Liz Trust pajamas. Oh, hey, eh? oh, and a, a Liz duvet set. I'd buy that. Oh, no. <laughs> Christmas is coming, Mia. Um, okay, listen. If you're going to the march on uh, Saturday, enjoy yourself. I'm sure you will. And I think the most important thing, Mia, I'm sure you'd agree, is just to make sure our voice is heard.
3: Yeah, go there. Get there and, uh, and show up. The most important thing at all possible in a protest is just, is just physical presence, if you possibly can.
1: See you there. Thanks very so much, Mia.
3: Thank you. Brexiteer of the Week.
1: Welcome back. Steve is back with us for Brexiteer of the Week. I've got a few now,
2: so I'm going to go through them quickly. Oh, okay. Uh, Andrew Bridgen, yes, we're aware of Andrew Bridgen, bridging over troubled waters. Early Brexiteer, isn't he, Andrew Bridgen? Looks like he'd be quite handy in a fight. Uh, yes, which is which is quite uh, quite opposite actually. Because have you, have you seen? Have you been watching Succession? By the way, the fine TV show
1: Succession. Um, uh, it has been men- it's been mentioned to me that you have mentioned it as something I might like to someone else. Oh, yes, I th- you might like it, yes. Yeah. Yes, you should really watch it. It's, it's, it it's a, is am I right in thinking it's basically um, a, a sort of fi- fictionalised version of the Murdochs? Yes, with
2: a sort of touch of King Lear and all of that. It's really great. It's on Sky Atlantic, second series, just finished. Uh, and Andrew Bridgen is having a bit of succession himself because he is... <laughs> Uh, he is accusing his own brother and other directors of their family's firm of fraud. Their family had a, a veg farming business which Andrew Bridgen used to run. Uh, the firm themselves are denying, or the directors are denying all these allegations. They say that Andrew Bridgen owes them a hundred thousand pounds in rent for living in this uh, one point five million house that the company owns. I think Andrew Bridgen is disputing that. Anyway. But Andrew Bridgen is not on the list for this. He's on the list because <laughs> this week he said Ireland would be the next country to leave the EU. Right. And that is, despite a recent survey... Numerous people have said this. They're idiots. He's, the last He's survey, not the first, is he, to say it? The last, well, Farage, Farage did, said he. it, didn't yeah, he? And yeah. the last survey showed that 93% of voters would back remain if there was a poll tomorrow. Uh, Bridgen told a podcast that poll. the polls would turn... Uh, and they asked him why. He said, Ireland will be the only English-speaking nation left in the EU when we go. They will have very little voting power without us. I don't know how that works. What's that all about? And he also said, Ireland is out in the Atlantic. It doesn't border another EU state. So? So, yeah. I can't really see that any of those are going to overturn a 93% to 7% uh, majority for Yet another example of an idiot somehow being voted into Parliament. Uh, Catherine Lock is next on my list. <laughs> right, yes. Do you remember her? <laughs> oh, yes. Norfolk Hotelier. Yes. She founded the Brexit Party. She, she then did. left the Brexit Party yeah. after some Islamophobic uh, blog posts that she'd made were revealed. Um, she's been writing about who Nigel Farage reminds her of. Okay. Uh, now, who does he remind you
1: of? Uh, he reminds me of lots... The, he reminds me of sort of j- just... General chaps that I kind of who would in in pubs when I was a boy. Sometimes you get dragged into a pub as a kid oh, just yeah. for a quick arf or whatever. Dull old men, and and there would be like uh, there was a lot of pubs. I think they call them. I can't remember what they call them now, but they've got like a central bar and then rooms going off them in yes. like a spoke. Yes, and um, they were very prevalent in the heavy woollen district um, of sort of Batley and Dewsbury and Halifax and, yes. and Huddersfield and uh, they would have a, a bar they would have a barroom where everyone was so sort of welcome there would be a woman's room I'm not kidding there's a woman's yeah, room a ladies room yeah. men were allowed in there though yeah and then there was a tap room which generally women were not allowed in and there is a, uh, and that is where so Nigel you, Farage or his like existed in tap, my youth. A tap room ball. absolutely. Well,
2: I mean, he reminds me of obviously, it's a trap. Admiral Akbar, yes. from Star Wars. <laughs> yes. uh, Crush the Surfer Turtle from Finding Nemo. The big eyes on the side of his head. Obviously, a nicotine-stained man-frog. Catherine Blatelock said, uh, few people have his type of presence. Presence? Presence. Clinton (laughs) had it. Oh, yes. Diddall had it. Mrs Thatcher didn't have it. Einstein had it. Martin Luther King had it. yeah. yeah. Churchill had it. And Mahatma Gandhi (laughs) had it. So Nigel Farage compared to oh, that's, Mahatma Gandhi. There, that's imagine him in one of those tweed, what the tweed <laughs> you know, the, the loincloth, chafing around wow. his special area.
1: Well, well, Farage.
2: Uh, by the way, on Nigel Farage, he's on this list as Farage. well because the Brexit Farage, because the Brexit Party. Uh, have you seen where their merchandise comes from? <laughs> Uh, well, I can guess. The Daily Mirror have investigated Brexit Party baseball caps, eight pound each, manufactured in China. China, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. China. Uh, Twenty-five pound hoodies, ten pound t-shirts. They're both made in Bangladesh, mm. uh, where textile workers get uh, are paid thirty-nine p an hour, right? Which is slightly, just slightly more than you. Slightly new, more isn't than it? a journalist. Yeah. Uh, and the Brexit Party said. Uh, they admitted this was true, but they did say our rear window stickers, tea towels and travel mugs are all manufactured in the UK. Oh, thank so
1: goodness that's right. all
2: all right then. And I don't know if you noticed this as well while we talked talking about Nigel Farage, but October the 10th, the Brexit party uh, voted against a resolution calling for, do you know what this was? The end of slavery. Uh, no, they voted against... Well, it's nearly. They voted against a resolution calling for tougher measures to fight against Russian interference in European oh, elections. God, oh uh, These are the people we're dealing yeah, with. Yeah, yeah. And that is adding to their proud voting record, isn't it? Because in September they abstained on a re- ludicrous resolution which was demanding that Iran... Yeah, release in, yeah. in imprisoned EU Iranian nationals like Nazanin, Zaghari, Ratcliffe. Yeah, so yeah. abstain from that, and then we're totally against the uh, Russian interfe- uh, blocking any Russian interference. Um, Esther McVeigh? <laughs> right? Do you know what she's been up to this week? Wanging on about something? Well, she is sick of infantile comparisons between Boris Johnson and the Hulk. <laughs> <Right>. Completely <laughs> sick. So she's staged... dramatic intervention to elevate our political discourse. Good. Boris is the Kung Fu Panda of British politics she told the Times and she later tweeted Boris is a panda he has the energy not something that pandas are known for not known for leaping around and tornado personality tornado personality? is it it, uh, wise? needed to reconnect with working voters. Now some Unkind observers might say that Boris is
1: sort of like a panda because he eats shoots and leaves. Um, yes, but but also that comparison, you know, it's, it is quite tricky to get pandas to. They're not known for their their wild libidos, are they? No, they're not. That's <laughs> true. Yeah,
2: that's where they differ, isn't it? Uh, Gerard Batten, we've not heard from him for a while, have we? Former UKIP leader. We haven't. Uh, tweeted on October the fourth, or I think that's the fourteenth, actually. Today is the 953rd anniversary of the Battle of Hastings. The Anglo-Saxons fought a brave and desperate fight for national survival and lost. Brexit is a desperate fight for national survival too. We cannot afford to lose. Now, who is going to break it to Gerard Batten that, A, the Anglo-Saxons were migrants from northern Germany. Uh, They also came from the Netherlands and Denmark, or what we know as the Netherlands and Denmark now. Mm. B, the Christian name Gerard was introduced to Britain by the Normans, Mm. uh, and C, the surname Batten, was introduced to Britain by the invaders in 1066 and was originally Flemish.
1: Do you know what? He doesn't care. And do you know why he doesn't care? Why?
2: Because he's an idiot. Oh, yeah, that's true. Uh, But the Brexiteer of the week... Yes. ..is... uh, Well, it's a thing, actually. It's Brexit sparkling wine. <laughs> There's Brexit sparkling wine, but it's not just any old ordinary sparkling wine. Have
1: we got some? Do you know what it is? We do like drinking, honestly. It's pod. from
2: a drinks company called Gold Emotion. Gold uh, Emotion? They are selling the ultimate gift. The ultimate it's gift. A limited edition bottle. Do they call it the ultimate gift? Yeah. <laughs> a limited edition bottle of sparkling Chardonnay. Alright containing 24 carats gold flakes. Right. Not, there's not 24 of them. No. There's more than that, but they're 24 carats. So
1: actual yeah. gold flakes yeah. in it. You can get them in Jager bombs. I the
2: bottle you. is embossed with the Union Jack. Of course it and is. And the words, Brexit, we made history.
1: Yeah. And how much do you think that sells for? <laughs> well, it is the ultimate gift. Would, I was calling him up on that, but they're, they're right. There's no false advertising there. Golden emotion have nailed. Golden golden emotion. There is not a woman in any of our lives who will not be over the moon. Well, it's Christmas is coming. That on December. How much do you think it is? Twenty four ninety nine. It's one hundred and thirty eight
2: pounds a bottle. There's also a rose version, one hundred and forty eight pounds a bottle.
1: That's more expensive.
2: Whereabouts in this great a rose
1: version is quite funny, actually, isn't
2: it? Whereabouts in this great country of ours. Do you think that Gold Emotion are based? Oh, I reckon they would be... Essex?
1: They would be... Sunderland? No. I would say... I'm going to go with uh, Slough. Slough. They are
2: based on the Rue de Faubourg-Saint-Honor <laughs> in Paris,
1: <laughs> where their spokesman... They're taking the mick out Olivier
2: of us. Pochelou says... Some, bottle, some customers buy our bottles and keep them like a
1: piece of art. <laughs> our, our bottles are unique, just like Brexit itself. Right. Well, listen, I've got two views on this. I love that, by the way. I've got two views on this. Good for them. Yeah. Because I was ready to take the make out of Golden Russian. But they're clear that I think if you can make money out of fools, then go for it. Absolutely. Frankly. And secondly, I'm going to get one. Fool's Gold. Fool's Gold. <laughs> so, Brexit Bubbly is the Brexiteer of the week. Fantastic. Steve, what should the listener do right now?
2: Leave us a great review on your podcatcher of choice. I hope you've enjoyed the slightly improved sound. <laughs> we hope it is slightly improved. This week, <laughs> week by week. We're getting better.
1: <laughs> at some point, you might be able to understand us. <laughs> yes. <laughs>
2: uh, please uh, please join the New European uh, Readers Group on Facebook, where you can share your thoughts and interact with us. Uh, follow The New European on Twitter, and you can follow... Uh, that's at The New European, and you can follow me on Twitter, at Sanglesey,
1: S-A-N-G-L-E-S-E-Y. Or you can follow me at Poritz, P-O-R-R-I-T-T. the new European podcast. Thank you so much for listening. It means the absolute world to us. If you haven't already, go and get the print product. It is superb, as always. Tons of Brexit, not surprisingly. Tons of politics, but lots of arts and culture as well. It is on sale, price £3 right now. We'll be back next week. Until then, Mr Campbell, play your backpipes. Here you go. (laughs)